Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, so many news updates and trailer recaps and reviews and exciting treats for your ears. I'm Alex. <laughs> and we the candy men for your little ears. I'm Justin. And if you've got tips or stories you want us to cover here on the podcast, you can always email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. But as I'm sure you're aware, the MCU, it's back, baby. Everybody's yeah. psyched. Living it right now. Can't wait for more Marvel Studios content after, I don't know, a year, two years of things heading in a downward direction. Everybody is gung-ho positive again about everything. And that's down to a couple of trailers and teases and casting things. So yeah. much happened in the past week uh, that we probably could have done 15 different podcasts about this. Instead, we're just going to do one. We're going to jam it all in here. Uh, one thing we're not going to do, though, that I will mention is we will save our Madam Web reactions for a later podcast. We'll do a dedicated one. Uh, once. Yeah. I've know. had a lot of visions of Madam Web, but I still need to see, sit yes. down and see the whole movie. I've seen it. I'll save my reactions for our podcast. We'll see if Pete makes it out into the theater and sees it as well. Uh, but we definitely will do a dedicated one for that. But let's kick it off with the big one. We had a lot of speculation leading up to this. And yes, indeed, do Deadpool 3 dropped a trailer during the Super Bowl, dropped a teaser during the Super Bowl, and then the full trailer during the Super Bowl. The thing that was most shocking to me about this, mm. we had speculated it would be a joke, they'd make it a goof. Nope. Straight up, two, two and a half minute long trailer for the movie. Wild. Well, and especially, like, Blake Lively, mm -hmm. the wife of Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. He was at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Where was he? I don't know. I, I just was like... Huge, huge opportunity for a some sort of thing, and I mm -hmm. it was I was very surprised when I saw her there. I was like, "Oh, there's Blake Lively arrived with Taylor Swift," and we were yeah. speculating that they'd have some sort of dazzler reveal or something like that. Something, uh, but instead, I don't say this negatively, but they went very much the straightforward route of like. Here's kind of setting up the beginning of the plot of the movie, showing how Deadpool comes into the MCU. We're not even going to show you Wolverine and we're going to reveal the title, which we had also speculated was going to be like Deadpool and friend. Were they going to make a joke about it? Nope. They're like Deadpool and Wolverine straight across the plate. And before we even get into the content, I think this really points to how important this movie is that they know the general public is iffy on Marvel at this point for them to be like, no, remember you love Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Yeah. You love Wolverine. This is what the movie is. Go see it in theaters July 25th. No, no screw it around at all here. Go ahead. Well, I think, and I think that's so true. And I think there's two reasons for that. And that both one a business and one uh, more creative. The business reason is they need this to win. They can't screw around with a bunch of antics at the Super Bowl. <laughs> They're just going to do a straight up trailer, show off the things that they know people like, clean, like into the trailer, reveal the characters, couple jokes, and then build excitement that way. Just let it speak for itself. The creative side of it is, I think they have a good movie on their hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we don't know. For the trailer I thought was really good. But if they have a good movie on their hands, they don't need to do a bunch of gimmicks. They can just be like, let's show this great product that we have in the classic way of doing it, and then we will have a success on our hands. Yeah, and they could screw around enough online, like on various social yeah. media posts, following up on it, Ryan Reynolds – 
put up a thing of like the the broken hearts put together Netflix Netflix and they were like uh, best friends coming soon and necklace then, you said Netflix when you meant to say necklace I did. and that's a funny Freudian slip because <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is your best friend it is I wish it would reciprocate in any sort of fashion whatsoever uh, and Hugh Jackman put up a thing where he was like fix the logo and it was Wolverine and asshole was what he put up there which I thought Let's was go. particularly funny because I like the idea of Hugh Jackman being like surprised by the trailer, go to Photoshop and be like, all right, I'm just going to edit this real quick. Exactly. Like a one guy in a friend group who's like, oh, you fuck with me? I'm going to fuck with you right back. (laughs) And it's not. It's on the national stage in a high stakes movie for major corporations. Right. With several people workshopping jokes in the background, which we won't get into here. But let's get into the meat of the trailer. I agree with you. Great trailer. Yeah. Teased enough of the movie without giving away a ton of it. We got some exciting stuff there. We got to see Deadpool picking up on the end of Deadpool 2. In case you forgot, he traveled through time and brought everybody back. So he's having this very cheeky birthday party when he gets taken by the TVA. Uh, and then a bunch of stuff happens. We meet Matthew McFadden's character, who seems to be an agent of the TVA. We see a bunch of scenes of, like, thrown through a wasteland, thrown through time. Ultimately, Wolverine shows up, but you never get to see his face. We also get teases of Wolverine as Patch in Madripoor. You get to see Pyro. Aaron Stanford is back from X2 and X3, uh, and presumably more characters beyond that. And there's even, at the end of the trailer, there's a bunch of different Easter eggs in there, but at the end of the trailer, you have Deadpool lying down, and there's a copy of Secret Wars number 5, from 2015, lying there next to him. Um, also, mild spoiler because they don't show it, totally show it, but you can see there's like a ruined 20th Century Fox logo in the background. So this is going meta to the extreme. Yeah. Uh, what's What are your big takeaways from the trailer? Uh, I made so many. I think uh, the meta to the extreme thing is really interesting. And again, a, a little bit more risk. It's the riskiest part of uh, the trailer, I thought, given that like the, the Marvel Jesus joke um, and the, the pegging joke, which I thought was really funny. Uh, I'm used to it. Disney is new for Disney. I yeah. thought that was a good, a good joke. Great take to the camera. Great flick yeah. of the eyeballs there. Certainly. And so like and that level of meta, even looping in the business side of this, where it's like Marvel needs this win. I Marvel Jesus. All this other stuff is detritus that has been destroyed. That's a big storytelling idea that people Mm -hmm. are going to sit there and be like, this is about corporate mergers and content (laughs) and IP changing like that's. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're maybe they're just putting that in the trailer sort of as a controversial idea and it's going to be like Easter eggy, like you were saying. But that's a wild front foot to lead with for a movie that is just supposed to be a fun superhero flip. I think that's kind of necessary, though, right? Like, yeah, it it's a plus for the MCU from the business perspective, because it feels like this monolithic thing now in culture, as a business, et cetera. So even if it's just Ryan Reynolds, then being like, oh, you can take the piss out of yourselves, that 
feels good. That's a relief. That's a laugh in the theater when you're watching it. And it relieves a lot of that tension that we've been feeling for the past couple of years. Taking ownership of the fact that they've sort of fucked up a lot of their franchises is good. It's a good Mm -hmm. move. So if they can pull it off, that's a huge coup. And also, like, just getting back to the comic character Deadpool, like, this is a a great logical extension and heightening of the meta version of him in the comic books, where he Mm -hmm. talks to the through the panels to the to the readers and stuff they, they just translated it to movies in a way that I thought was really smart. There are a bunch of different things that I think we've already talked about a little bit in our Patreon Slack, but I wanted to bring up here when we're talking about it and talking about the trailer between the two of us, just as friends. Just us. This is how we interact with each other. <laughs> we'd, we'd have this conversation, Mike's on or Mike's off. Exactly. The... The way Deadpool moves, that's something that I had oh, kind of forgotten yes. about. But uh, there's so many shots of the trailer that feel like a human cartoon come to life. They nail it. And uh, that yeah. was one of my big takeaways here. Even though I Deadpool, not my favorite character of all time. I think they crushed it in the first movie regardless. Second movie, I was kind of iffy about some of the choices. But it pleasantly reminded me of like that shot where he's raising his hand above the log or whatever is going there. Yeah. They, framed it the right way and timed it the right way so that it feels like Deadpool coming off of the comic book page to life. That's great. The jokes all hit. Um, What do you think? I wanted to talk about a couple of theory things, though, beyond that. Yes. So jumping to the comic book thing, we have Secret Wars number five lying there. This is by Jonathan Hickman. The issue in question has Dr. Doom and Molecule Man on the cover and the briefest possible way of explaining this in Secret Wars by Jonathan Hickman, which we assume oh, is going to be one of the main inspirations if they ever get to Avengers Secret Wars, where all the multiverse is destroyed, Doom is able to bring together a patchwork planet called Battle World, and he's God Emperor Doom there. We don't know exactly what happened. This is the issue that jumps back in time and shows us what happened there. So there's a lot of speculation about, like, does this mean Dr. Doom is going to show up in the movie? Is this going to very specifically set up Secret Wars? Uh, jump yeah, in. I was going to say, uh, I got a lot of texts from people being like, was that Dr. Doom in the Deadpool trailer? Because there's that frame of someone mm-hmm. in, like, a metal mask. And I was like, I would be very surprised if that's Dr. Doom. But it does look like a sort of post-apocalyptic Dr. Mm-hmm. Doom. It could be. I mean, the other thing that the whole Wasteland thing reminded me of is they could be doing an old man Logan type thing in some way. That was my thought. The way they revealed Logan at the end of the trailer, I was like, are they doing old man Logan? Because that's another wild choice Mm -hmm. to go full. Like, I think I would think they would want to bring back fun, quote unquote, Wolverine. But if they go old man Logan, that's a wild choice. But maybe it's great. Yeah. The Doom thing, so just to jump through the various things we're talking about, the Doom thing, probably not, because I think that's an important character. But at the same time, we know they're bringing back a bunch of the Fox characters. They could bring back, what's his name, Julian McMahon as Dr. Mm. Doom in the void or something like that, like as Distritus from the 20th century Fox universe, 100% possible that could be there. This also could be setting up secret wars in some respect in terms of solidifying how the multiverse works, how the TVA works. And on the old man Logan front, this jumps into a second thing that people have been theorizing about a lot is are there 
multiple Wolverines in this movie. Specifically, and this might be a little too much, but specifically people have pointed out the shot of Wolverine from the back in the white suit, the classic patch suit from the comics, where he's in Madripoor, he's gambling, and he's sort of like James Bond, but Wolverine, in case you don't know what that is. Um, People feel like it's a different body type than Hugh Jackman, and so there's a lot of speculation of, like, people love the idea of Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. Mm. Is that the sort of thing where Deadpool is looking for Logan through the multiverse, comes in there, turns around, and it's Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine or something like that? Here's the thing. This is going to be a big movie. It's going to be a long movie. There are a couple different plot ways. There are big chunks of plot that they can get through. It could be a Deadpool chasing down Wolverine. Wolverine, the different versions of Wolverine could be like the big bad. It could be the goal. It could be he has to work with a bunch of different versions of Wolverine to kill a bunch of these detritus Fox characters that nobody wants. Like he could be pulling together a team of these Fox characters, your Electra's, your Ben Affleck daredevil to get Wolverine. Like I think we know a lot of the elements on the table. We just mm-hmm. don't know how they're going to come together. That's very true. Uh, another thing that we don't necessarily know about is exactly how the TVA works in here, which I'm really interested to see what happens because we get to meet Matthew McFadden's TVA agent, we don't see any of the characters from Loki necessarily like. And it looks different. That, that was the thing that I was going to bring up. Uh, it's like, yeah, it doesn't. It, it kind of looks like the TVA from Loki, but it feels like. Are they a different division? Are they in another place? Uh, is it a we, different type of content they've created that are using <laughs> the same thing, but are not necessarily having the same fidelity to design and production? I don't know. Uh, My big speculation there, though, is that Matthew McFadden is one of the bad guys. And I think that comes from just a pure plot place of him saying, hey, we need you. You could be the guy who can save the multiverse. Why would you recruit Deadpool ever to do that? That's not going to happen. Like bring in Deadpool to be the person who wrecks stuff and absolutely destroys Mm. things. That's the fall guy for something. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, looks great. couple of other quick things about the Deadpool trailer and about Deadpool in general. So Disney came out and said it was the most viewed trailer of all time. Watched 365 million times, I believe, wow. in the first 24 hours or something. However, there's a little asterisk here because people believe they included the viewing stats from the Super Bowl in Smart. that figure. Uh, because we nice chunk. Well. Yeah, it's like one third of it, something like yeah. that. Um, another thing that I've seen people railing against online because they want to rail against absolutely everything. But the official writing credits for Deadpool 3 came out and it is Ryan Reynolds and Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick and Zeb Wells and Sean Levy. There was a bunch of back and forth, particularly about Ryan Reynolds, because people were like, oh, was he scabbing when he was shooting Mm. on Deadpool 3, but the Writers Guild was on strike. Uh, I I, I mean, we don't know. (laughs) I mean, we don't know. And also, it's like, what do you want? How do you want to prove this? Is this like a deep dive murder board type investigation into when he was writing five jokes to put in this script? Like, I don't know. If he had those jokes during the the strike, but then wrote them into the script afterward, like – how how hard do you want to get after him about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, I don't think 
I, I will say this. I doubt he was actively working on the script and scabbing on it because he knows you shouldn't do that. And you don't want to cross that line. Nobody wants to do that who wants to continue to work in this industry, especially someone who is successful enough that he doesn't need to like do that. Yeah. So like if he's holding jokes in his head, you know, a joke can hit you at any time to then put in the script. Like you can't turn your brain off to mm-hmm. a, a Deadpool joke, even though you're on strike, as long as he's abiding by the rules. I think it's something that we have to, we just live with. Yeah. And the rest of the staff, I mean, he wrote on Deadpool two as well. Yeah. I think the only new one is Sean Levy, honestly, because the rest of them have written on the franchise at various points. So it's fine. Last thing, this is the sort of thing that honestly gives me like a little bit of a headache online, but the Australian Marvel Instagram account posted a poster for Deadpool 3 of Deadpool and Wolverine friendship bracelets, and that a friendship bracelet under that said July 25th, out and then they were like only in theaters, and it was best friends forever or whatever. Taylor Swift is very mm-hmm. identified with friendship bracelets. That is something people give out at concerts, and everybody suddenly decided, oh, this is a tease that Taylor Swift is definitely in this movie. You are nodding your head no. No. Yeah. But she doesn't own the concept of friendship right. bracelets. And, like, the so the, the idea, like, when you're coming up with a poster, you're like, well, friends. Like, what's best friends? Oh, the locket. That's funny. Uh, and then that became a, a thing, a post. Friendship bracelets, that's just another iteration of the sort of joke area they're playing with here. I don't think that's a reference to it. But if you want to like guess if Taylor Swift's in this movie, I mean, she is best friends with Ryan Reynolds' wife. Like, there's an easy <laughs> ask for them to get mm-hmm. Taylor in this movie. And if there's just, you know, one shot of Deadpool, one scene of Deadpool crashing a Dazzler concert, that's awesome. And I hope they did it. Yeah. It's it's easy as that. <laughs> totally easy. You film it at the Eras tour, and I don't know, digitally add like a star over her face or something like that. You're good to go. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, I agree. That's not an indication of and that. Yes. One other thing I was going to say is Taylor. There's been a lot of rumors about Taylor Swift wanting to get into filmmaking or just mm-hmm. like acting, directing. There was a whole thing where they thought she was the secret director of um, this upcoming movie. And it's, I think this is Argyle. Yeah. Or she was secretly involved in the the creation. She wrote the book, but she did not write the book. So like, I think, um, I I think that her jumping in for a quick Dazzler cameo is a nice stepping stone in that Mm -hmm. path. So Maybe maybe she shadowed Sean Levy on the set for a couple of days, you know, just taking. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, she's Good a stuff. student at the end of the day in in love and in filmmaking. <laughs> exactly. All right, why don't we move on from the Deadpool three trailer to another big Marvel trailer that dropped this week? X Men ninety seven premieres March twentieth on Disney Plus. Um, I don't. I think this is 10 episodes, if I remember correctly, but it is a continuation of the classic 1992 X-Men animated series. Um, I I just want to, like, get something out here up front, which I've been a little hesitant to mention on this podcast. I didn't really watch the original series. Yeah, you're not a fan. You're not a fan! No, no, it's not that I'm not a fan. 
I remember very distinctly watching the first episode and being like, cool. And then I think I forgot to watch it or something. Because you're a morph guy. Like yeah. Morph. And then I checked out after morph died. Uh, and yeah, now he's back. So I'm back in. Um, so I don't have a huge amount of nostalgia for it. I understand the nostalgia and I understand it brought people in to X-Men. It brought people into Marvel. It brought people into superhero fandom. So, but I don't have that level of like, oh yeah, this is the best. So I'm, this is definitely going to be the best. This new show, this trailer was great. Like absolutely ruled. And I was trying to parse through like without the nostalgia factor, why did it rule? And I think it's just, it looks like a good X-Men TV show that understands and likes the X-Men. It looks cool and fun. Yeah. Well, well, understanding first off, this is a weird idea that they wanted to do this in general. Like, you not a surprise, not the most obvious big swing for Marvel to be doing now or ever. But they just committed to it and did it straight how you want it. They were just like, no, let's do it. Let's do a slightly better version of the animation. Nail the music. Have the, the vibe seems absolutely spot on to the show. And it's smart to do it that way. I think this cartoon is maybe the number one uh, wide culture connection point Mm -hmm. between regular people and the X-Men or comic books in general. I feel like I know people who have no interest in any superhero things. And they're like, well, I know every episode of the X-Men cartoon. (laughs) So like – no, that's, I think you're that's right. That's you know, smart. That's smart. I think it was Fabian Nesueza who co-created Deadpool. If people don't know who he is, he posted yeah. something on one of the – too many social medias at this point. But he posted something somewhere where he was saying his estimation is that comic book creators hardcore watch Batman the Animated Series and mm. everybody else watched X-Men the Animated Series. Right. And I kind of think that's the right estimation because Batman the Animated Series, I mean, obviously you could watch both of them. I know you watch both of them, but like, hell yeah. But I think there's a certain level of like, hmm, we are processing and working on the form of how Batman is and breaking it down in his villains. And that's Batman the Animated Series. And X Men, the Animated Series, is like, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. X Men, I love the X Men. It's like, the Batman animated series is like a high-end grown-up soda. Mm-hmm. And the X-Men series is like just mainlining Mountain Dew all day <laughs> long. And I, I think that's a nice that's a nice dichotomy that relates to how many people take in comic books. There's like you're like sort of more prestige, like more emotionally driven storytelling of some comics. That's Batman. And then you got X-Men, which is just like pure popcorn action. Just like, oh, no, he just got – oh, they got – oh, Magneto, oh, great. And like just working it out. It's it's great. And so many things were great in this trailer. I mean, obviously, the standout scene is Wolverine riding on Gambit's back charging – well, Ga- no, it's Gambit riding on Wolverine's yeah. back while he's charging up his claws. That's ludicrous absolutely dangerous. dangerous dangerous way to do something wolverine mm-hmm. but great uh that was great just the whole conceit of the trailer being like you're watching it as a saturday morning cartoon show winding it out bumping up the music so it goes from the titty old school tv to bombastic marvel studio style uh just like little things like all the voices are right 
to yeah. like a split second of Rogue being like, well, hi, being like, yeah, and that's right. Like, there we go. Great. Sort of a not great Southern accent. Yep, mm-hmm. that's Rogue. <laughs> uh, the brief interaction with Cyclops and Wolverine and Cyclops, you must have been bummed, though. You must have been like mm-hmm. really pissed off because I know your favorite thing to hear from the X-Men is when <laughs> Professor Xavier says, gather to me, my X-Men is favorite. To me, uh, my famous, X-Men, yes. Yeah, his famous catchphrase. And Cyclops just said it wrong at the end there. He was like, to yeah. me, my X-Men, which. I, I use that line a lot with my family. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah, I will say it's diminishing returns. I think it yes. was sort of peaked when Professor X said it. So yes. uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see. No, that was cool. That gave me chills, honestly, when he said that. The scene with Magneto at the end. I do have some questions. So Magneto is reading the last will and testament of Charles Xavier, Mm -hmm. and he makes it float over to them with his magnet powers. So there's a lot of metal in that book. Yeah, heavy metal, heavy metal inks, <laughs> staples, think of the staples. Yes. Uh, we also got to see the classic Jim Lee designs for their basketball game uniforms in the trailer. So yeah. very fun. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be fun. I will say the continuity, because it is picking up at the end of the original series. Let's just move past a lot of let's get <laughs> let's not dwell on any sort of random plot line from one of those crazy episodes that was written in some like coke-induced fever dream by the animation writers. Let's just get out of there and do some new stuff, is what I would say. Last thing I'll mention about X-Men 97, this came out from an EW Entertainment Weekly piece. Theo James is joining X-Men 97 in a, quote, mystery fan favorite role, if you don't know Theo James. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows him most from Divergent is probably the main Mm. thing that I'd call out, and that's probably it. No, he's been Who's in a, a fan bunch favorite. of favorite. He was on White Lotus and he's been yeah. in a bunch of other things like that. Uh, what do you think? Who is a mystery fan favorite who hasn't shown up in the show yet that Theo J. I mean, that hasn't shown up in the X Men show? They've right. done a million characters. <laughs> I mean, not we already said it, but is he Morph? Is he the new voice of Morph? Is I he don't a fan? I think so. Of- I think they got all of the old voices back. Yeah. So, not sure. Do you think know, it's Maggot? a totally new character? Maggot? Maggot. It's ballsy to call Maggot a fan favorite. (laughs) Uh, I will mention that reminded me of one more insane thing that happened this week online is that Morph is canonically non-binary in this new show. And naturally, certain sections of the Internet freaked out. They're like, literally, you can see screenshots on YouTube of people being like, X-Men got woke now, which is maybe the funniest take of all time. Because X-Men has been woke since, I don't know, I want to say 1963, something like that, approximately. It's sort of their whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, very stupid. That's a stupid take. You're a stupid person if you think that. Uh, Why don't we move on to another big news item? So many big things happened this week. Yeah. The MCU Fantastic Forecast was finally revealed, as we all expected, a random post on Twitter uh, on Valentine's Day. that's We knew this was going to be a big deal, and that's the biggest way you could announce a cast. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, we know them now. <laughs> what were you going to say, Justin? I was saying Valentine's Day quickly becoming a huge superhero date between Madam Web and the Fantastic Forecast mm-hmm. dropping. We got this. It's our day now. Now, before we get into the cast, though, I want to ask you, why, why did they 
do it like this because it was very weird. Just like random. I think it was actually on Instagram first. Somebody clarified later and then yeah. they posted on Twitter and other social media. But it wasn't at an event. It wasn't like we're bringing out the cast. It was a very, mind you, nice retro poster that was very cute and fun that we could talk about some of the Easter eggs in there a little bit. But like, what a weird way of announcing this. Agreed. It is really weird. And I don't know why they did it this way. Unless, of course, they thought that, well, everyone knows this already. Let's just put it out there in this cool art way. But to me, it's like you should they should have taken more time with this. Maybe a bunch of people who read Variety and are on like geek news websites all day know. But like not everybody knows. And you Mm -hmm. should make this a big thing. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, they're making a new Fantastic Four movie. Cool. And they, I feel like they just, they're so inside it that they don't not understand that they mm. could make this a bigger deal. Well, I think that's contrasting uh, with what we were talking about with Deadpool and Wolverine is the large majority of the world had no idea Wolverine was in this. Like they, yeah. if they knew a Deadpool movie was coming, they didn't know about Wolverine. Comic book fans know that people who read the, read the trades, like you're saying, know that. So I don't, I don't know. They could have done something bigger. It's weird. But that said, we know who they are now. Pedro Pascal is playing Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby is Sue Storm, a.k.a. The Invisible Woman. Eben Moss Backrack is Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing. And Joseph Quinn is going to be Johnny Storm, The Human Torch. I believe this is the full cast that we talked about on a podcast, I want to say, a couple of months ago. So yeah, there you go. Confirmed. They're going to be in it. Um, and the movie is going to start filming. Um, I I think Variety said it was during the summer. I will say that per production weekly, it's supposed to start at Pinewood Studios in the UK in August. What do you think about this cast? I know we gave our general impressions back when it was rumored. Now that it's official, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, great actors. I love these actors. Peter Pascal is so good. Vanessa Kirby. I just saw her in uh, Napoleon. She's Mm -hmm. great in that. Um, Evan Moss Backrack. I mean, both he in uh, Andor and him in The Bear just like at the top of his absolute game right now. Um, So, like, that's great. Joseph Quinn, I don't know as much, but, like, from a from a casting and acting perspective, I think this is great. I don't know how these people are a family per se. Mm-hmm. Like the whole point of Fantastic Four is, it's like the real family superhero team, um, and they care for each other in different ways. But the, the pedigree of these actors makes me think they can do anything. So they'll hit that mark. That we yeah, it is a little bit of a disconnect. Obviously, I know they are actors, and their job is to portray a family that has bonds with each other, but. Other than I could see Joseph Quinn annoying the crap out of Eben Moss Backrack, on the surface, I don't see how he is friends, best friends with Pedro Pascal or Pedro Pascal and Vanessa Kirby I don't necessarily see together. But obviously, I'm sure they had to have some sort of chemistry read. So all of that stuff is there. So we'll see. Uh, the big thing that concerns me more is the August shooting date And the movie is scheduled now. They switched around the dates with this announcement. So now it's scheduled to come out in July. They moved up Thunderbolts to May. We'll get to talk about the Thunderbolts of it all in a second. But that's a really fast turnaround for a Fantastic Four movie. They've got 11 months to shoot it and then do post-production. I don't see that happening. That is tight. And maybe maybe Pedro Pascal is going to do all of his stretching practically. 
Mm-hmm. He's just going yeah, really to reach very far. And honestly, yeah. like Vanessa Kirby doesn't even need to be on set because she's invisible the entire time. Yeah, they just have her do a voice later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, totally. she stands off camera and just shouts her lines. <laughs> Great. You Great know, the special effects needed. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm over here. Instead of the thing, he's just a rock and the human torches. Uh, he's like, hold on a match or whatever. Matchstick. Yeah. What are we, what are we doing? This is easy. Yes. I don't know. I'm worried about this. I think I still think we're going to they're going to move it. We talked about this a little bit with the schedule, but I feel like if end of the day, they've got like this May date, they've got the July date, they've got Blade in November. I think Blade moves. I think you end up maybe keeping uh, Thunderbolts where it is. Actually, probably, if anything, like you keep Thunderbolts where it is. Captain America yeah. 4 probably moves to the July date. since that's got, done. Yeah, that's done. And then Fantastic Four ends up moving to November. Blade moves to the next year or TBD, something like that. I think that's a really good prognosis because um, 11 months, that's the squeeze. Like mm-hmm. to shoot this and then do do post on it, potentially reshoot something that I know Marvel wants to get away from, but maybe they are still going to need them to some degree. We'll see. Here's the thing. You can't screw up the fourth. Here's the thing. Evan Moss background. <laughs> you can't screw, screw up the fourth take on Fantastic Four. Like nothing yeah. against Roger Corbin, who like obviously there's some cheese ball stuff there. There's things that are not terrible about every iteration, but they got to get this right. They can. Fantastic Fourth. Yeah. Fantastic Four. Hey, do you think uh, when Eben Boss Backrack was signing up, do you think he was it was Fantastic Forks? That's what he's. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Who, I uh, hope that's his big. He's going to bring that in. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about Thunderbolts, though. Also on the filming date, this also comes per production weekly. But Thunderbolts is, in fact, according to them, starting to shoot in March through July. That's four months in Atlanta, New York, and Utah. Coming out in May, if I'm remembering the date correctly. So again, kind of a tight turnaround there, but a little more normal for a, yeah. a production schedule, a Marvel production schedule. So I, I think if they actually start shooting, which it seems like they will, they might actually do this. Yeah, I think I think this will come together. This sort of needs to. It's been uh, sort of sitting on the on the vine for quite some time. So. It's got to come out. What What do we know? We don't know anything about the story here, right? Besides these misfits. There's a lot come of together. rumors about it. Um, so I'm hesitant to get into that because maybe spoilers, maybe not. But we do know that Lewis Pullman is probably coming in at the century. So the popular assumption is that he's teaming up with the Thunderbolts to do something DVD and then mm. goes rogue. And ultimately, they have to fight him at the end. So you got pretty much regular humans with high levels of skills fighting against a dark Superman. So that makes a lot of sense to me. But in terms of the actual plot, no, we don't know. Utah, desert, big desert finale, Mm -hmm. we're thinking maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's great. A great shoot in the desert. I do like the fact that they're not just shooting in Atlanta on a soundstage. Uh, And if they're in New York, we should just go say hi. We'll pop in. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like where this is going to be a Suicide Squad situation where most everybody does not make it out of the movie? I kind of hope so. I mean, Suicide Squad, <laughs> they didn't kill that many people for a movie called yeah. Suicide Squad. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like a I, Rogue One situation. 
Yeah, I don't think they'd kill all of them. They want Florence Pugh. They want Sebastian Stan. But on the same note, they could kill off everybody and then bring them back via multiverse for Secret Wars or whatever. So maybe. I don't know. Kill the whole team. That would be fun. Next up, we got a couple of uh, quick news items here. Silk Spider Society, which is a Sony spinoff going to Amazon Prime Video, has been paused. Initially, the report was that they had scrapped the entire writer's room except for showrunner Angela Kang, who used to be on Walking Dead. Uh, But now they corrected that, said it was paused. One rumor is that they may or may not want to make it a more male-skewing series. This announcement, I was like, what? Are you trying to kill this show? I've never seen any of that announcement come that way. A male aiming more at a male skewing series. Certainly people do that. But Mm -hmm. how that got into the, the news is crazy to me. Yeah. It's also a bummer because I will say I interviewed Angela Kang a bunch of times for Walking Dead stuff, including for the finale when I asked her, what's next for you? And she's like, uh, I can't talk about that yet. And then like two hours after I talked to her, they announced the Silk thing. But mm. she seemed very excited for it and into it. I think she is a really good writer and a good showrunner. She really did a very good job with the last couple of seasons of Walking Dead. So I don't know. If they're going male skewing, that's weird. I feel like certainly they've got a bunch of male skewing superhero series on prime video, but also they do really well with female skewing stuff like summer. I turned pretty and other things like that. have been building really nicely so they could do it. Uh, I'm sure Sony is skittish after yeah. this weekend with Madam yeah. Webb. So that might this be, this feels like a paired paired announcement with a Madam Webb reaction, but it could be an entirely different thing. So we, I don't we don't know. know. It, it just yeah. feels the the timing seems to speak to something. Yes. On the other hand, in the same article over at the Ankler, they said that maybe Nicolas Cage is interested in doing a live action Spider-Man noir series, also for Prime Video. Wild. Cool. I mean, he'd do it, right? Well, I yeah. I mean, he definitely would. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there this year's going to be a big Sony year, good or bad, like between Madam Web. Uh, and Craven, uh, Venom Three, like there's a lot of their spider, their spider butts are hanging out a little bit, and <laughs> so like depending on how this goes, it's going to be like, well, we have to slow down on this, or we have to change this, or reframe it in a different way, or maybe maybe these movies will do pretty well. We don't we don't know. We'll have to see. Last but not least, let's turn to Rumor Patrol. This seems extremely rumory to me. There is a bunch of stuff that has come out saying Henry Cavill has been cast in a role in the MCU that is not Doctor Doom. And then other scoopers online have come out and say he has not been cast. So Mm -hmm. lots of back and forth there. I just wanted to throw it out there as like, if Henry Cavill was cast in the MCU, what would you want to see him as? I don't know. It's hard to the 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 best version of it would be sort of coming off of Superman to do something like what we just talked about. If he was the Sentry, mm-hmm. that'd be such a smart choice to make him sort of an evil Superman type because it sort of scoops up all of the ideas around him and has a take on it. Otherwise, I mean, how do you make him? You can't have him in a Superman adjacent role mm-hmm. from a power set point of view. So I feel like he has to be. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out one that I don't think is a good idea, but MCU's Wolverine. Mm. 
I mean, he kind of did the growly loner thing with The Witcher. He, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I saw a trailer before Madame Web for the uh, Society of Ungentlemanly Conduct or whatever the new oh, Guy yeah. Ritchie movie is, where at least for the trailer, it seems like Henry Cavill is showing more life than he has in any role ever. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe. He, well, and I think that's a good call because Wolverine is such a big character that that a star like Henry Cavill, they'd have to go big like that. Cause I'm just thinking what's their next big starring role where they would want to, you know, swing for the fences from a, a casting point of view like this. I don't Standalone know. The role. other option though is Henry Cavill is legitimately such a huge nerd. I wonder if there's some deep cut character that he's like, yeah, sure. I'll play maggot to throw out a random. <laughs> I'll do the voice of maggot in the X-Men series. Yeah, it's me versus not? Theo James for the role. <laughs> Oh, man. They're always going out for the same stuff, honestly. Well, anyway, we'll see if that happens. And in the meantime, if you've got tips or stories you want us to cover, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. You can support this podcast and all the podcasts we do at patreon.com slash comicbookclub. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel stuff. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter slash X comic book club live on TikTok and Instagram comic book club live.com for this podcast. And many more until next time. Stay marvelous to me. My podcasts. Hey.